Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. In Jesus' name. As I begin to form this message, I got really excited about the direction in which God, the Holy Spirit, is leading us. Activation. Activation on Wednesday. I'm going to give a little review here in a moment. Speak the word. Learn how to speak the word. Everything in the kingdom is voice activated. And if you're silent as it relates to that, you'll be defeated. I like what Paul says to the church at Corinth, a very gifted church, a church who had all nine gifts of the spirit in operation in the ministry. Uh, very, very powerful as it relates to that. They got the revelation on what real love is, though I have the tongue of men and of angels and don't have love, practical love. I'm but a sounding brass or tinkling symbol. Paul, they also got the revelation of the spiritual gifts. All nine of them. We call them the charisma gifts, seeing gifts, speaking gifts, and power gifts. In this church, all nine were in operation. Also a very fleshly church. A church that was gifted, but very carnal. We read here in verse, in chapter 6, Paul warns the Corinthian church that though you're gifted and though you have the revelation of love in chapter 13, you should seek the better way, the more excellent way, not just to be gifted, but to show love. He warns them in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, do not be bound together. Bound, look at the word bound together, bonded, bound. That's to have cords wrapped around your wrist. Connections with unbelievers. And we're living in a time now where uh, even believers today have associations outside of the kingdom of God that are more vital and more meaning for them than anything that you would see in the house of the Lord. And I'm not going to walk down sacred rooms and I'm not going to attack people and your associations by calling them out because people get really offended. But you know what I'm saying. Your sisterhood or your brotherhood outside of the kingdom of God that means more to you than entering into the house of God or supporting the work of God, I believe, is what the scripture here is talking about. Do not be bound together with people who don't have the same faith. You can have an association with them, but you don't get bound with them. You, you're tied to them because if you watch, don't watch yourself, whatever they do, if you hang around them long enough, you'll start doing it yourself. You ever seen people, they probably are pretty clean and they hang around someone that has a filthy mouth. I call it bucket talking, bucket mouth. And next thing you know, they're, they're toting out, you know, the same kind of language that they've been listening to. So don't be bound together with unbelievers. Paul goes on to say, what partnership? There's another word there, partnerships. Watch the partnerships. What partnership has righteousness with unrighteousness? See, you can have righteousness here, a clean glass of water here, unrighteousness, a, un, um, uh, a dirty glass of water over there, but you don't mix it. You keep them in separate containers. 
What happens though in association, if you're not careful, you will begin to pump your unrighteousness into the clean water. You pump your, try to pump your righteousness into the unclean water, but just a little drip is not going to change it. You need a, you need a complete transfusion. For what partnership has righteousness? This is very clear. There is, should be no partnerships. But even in America, in capitalism, we, if it's going to make the money, we go with it. There's no way America should be in partnership with a place called China. No way. There's no way. They don't believe in human rights. If you say anything against the government, they take you out of your home, take all of your property. Many people have been hoisted and pulled together, and we believe kill. There are mass graves in China. You can't just worship God like we worship here. Yet America for the green, the mean green, we've gone into partnership for decades. Now they're one of the world's greatest powers. What, 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 why would we be in association as a nation like that when we say in God we trust and they have no belief in God? Think about it. And as it goes with the nation, so does it go with the people of God. We must stand over and against going into covenant relationships with people who aren't going in our same direction. Now, we're in the world, but not of the world. But you're not supposed to be hanging out, like really hanging out with unbelievers. And, and, and the people that may need to hear this, they, they, don't sit in the, they don't sit in the house. They find things to do, like sitting on computers while I'm preaching, right? You need to know what I'm doing. You need to be able to hear the word of the Lord. Back away from what you're doing right now and get this. I guarantee you, if you're not listening to this, you have associations that you need to examine. And you start slipping here. Is you're going to see the effect in your families. Notice the word. What, 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 what partnership? Uh, the motto of Palm Bay used to be uh, progress through partnership. Now it's like Palm Bay is the perfect place to grow. But we as a church still embrace the motto of our, the formal motto of our city. We grow through our partnerships. We gain access through our association. But Paul says partnership, should, should, you should, there should be no partnership with righteousness and unrighteousness. Or he said lawlessness. Why would you part, be partners with someone who defies all law? Who defies boundaries? There should be nobody in your phone that you have partnership with that defies authority. If you know authority, you come under it, you understand it, there should be no one that you're in partnership. We're not talking about you can't greet, you can't hang out with, but not partnership with lawlessness. Here's another word. What fellowship? I'm looking at bound together, partnership. Now the word fellowship has light with darkness, and there is no fellowship with light and with darkness, with truth. And with error, they can't stay in the same house or container. Here's another one, verse 15. What harmony, what cohesiveness, what, 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 what sound has Christ? What cohesiveness has Christ and Belial? Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, Holy Spirit invaded the world. He lives inside of us. 
helps us to work in the gifts and in the fruit of the spirit. There should be no association with Belial. You know who Belial has associated with? Associated with the spirit of Cain. And Belial are relatives. Uh, Judas and Belial are relatives. Ahithophel and Belial, and Belial are, are, are relatives. Absalom and Belial are in covenant together in the scriptures. Glory to God. And I can go on with a few more. Legion and Belial are in covenant relationship. Lucifer himself is the father of that line. So Jesus is, Paul is saying, what fellowship has Satan with Christ? Or with the spirit of Absalom that wants to divide and take over? Or hit the fail that tells secrets, secrets to hurt. Giving counsel to the enemy so hurt can be taken, so the person can hurt you deeply. Turning family members against each other. That's the spirit. Uh, oh, God of Ahithophel. Sitting there taking counsel with David and then tell his son what he said. I'm talking about a very dangerous spirit, that spirit of Ahithophel. David said, my God, if it was an enemy that had done this, I could have borne it. But it was you, the one that went in the house with me, my own equal in intellect and in passion. You know me, you know my frame, and you took it to my boy. You got in covenant with my boy to turn him against me. You got to watch these associations. You'll be surprised even in the church. This is my friend and this is my friend and this is my friend. But who are they? They told you about everybody you close to. And when you get snake bitten, you won't develop relationships. I don't have to look at you wonder if you're snake bitten. You used to shake my hand. Now you walk past without speaking. You've been snake bitten. Oh, my God. I've met people that used to be members of the church when I meet their children in the mall. Your children? I've, I've dedicated them to the Lord. The child, you told them something, you said something to them, you turned them away like that? What if I have the word in my mouth to help them to turn a corner? And you just killed it. What fellowship has Christ? Harmony has Christ with Belial. What has a believer in common with an unbeliever? <laughs> he's like he set us up. He went out extraneously to all of these other partnerships, talked about Christ and Belial, then said, what fellowship do you have with the world? You smoke what they smoke, you drink what they drink, you talk like they talk, you listen to what they listen to, and yet you say you're part of the body? Watch your association. Then he goes on to say, what's your agreement? What agreement do you have with the temple, with the temple of God, with idols, with idolatry, with American idol? You mean to tell me you're just as religious, you watch just as regular as you may watch a, a church program or your own church or support your church. You could deal with any idol or any, any talent show on the, on the face of the earth or anything you see. I got to see this. Ooh, I got to see what's happening this week, but can't tie in with your ministry. What fellowship does Christ have with an idol? Look at verse 
uh, 16, part B, for we are the temple of the living God. Be mindful now. He sanctified us, said, I will live in you. Just as God said, I will dwell. That word is longevity. I'm not coming for a visit on Sunday morning. I'm going to move into your house and dwell for a while. Actually, eternally. I will dwell. That's habitation. I will dwell in the house, in the body. Look at this. I will dwell not in their home, but in them. Notice, I will walk among them. One of the things about Solomon, the Jewish historian says that any time he came to the temple, he would never come in the same way. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. And he represents Christ in the millennial reign and how he will move. You know, the Bible says in, in Isaiah chapter six that every time the angels see him, they cry out holy. You know why? Because they see a different facet of their God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Hallelujah. And he was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Glory to God. And he had Sephirim angels. Glory to God. Having six wings. With two, they veiled their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they didn't fly. And they cried out one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And when Isaiah saw that, he didn't get prideful. He didn't say, yes, but I saw God. God speak to me. I'm the one hour prophet. <laughs> you know what he did? He fell on his face and said, woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. You know why? Because I've seen the king. When we see God, before we point at others, we should see the frailty in ourselves. Glory to God. And Solomon, what was unique about him, he never would enter into the temple the same way. Sometime he would enter into the high deck. Sometime he would come through the gate with a thousand people praising and, and talking about the Proverbs. And it represents how Jesus is. Glory to God. And he would always have on different colors as he came into the house, as he walked in the midst of them. Glory to God. Even Sheba, when she came into and saw the servants of Solomon and how they served the king. And the glow that was on their, flame, on their face. She fainted in the presence of the king. Because when he walks in the midst of you, having all of that splendor and all of that anointing and all of that power and all of the gold and the wealth and the strength and the knowledge and the sagacity and the ability, hallelujah, with the sword to, the dry, to divide the child, but not really to divide the child, to show who the real mother is. But all of that, walking in the midst of them, still being approachable and able to touch. It is amazing to see that kind of thing. And I will dwell in the midst of them and walk among them. And I will be their God. And they shall be. Hallelujah. My people. Association. They will be my people. Here's true association. I will be their God. There is no other God. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Nothing should come close to the God that you serve. Nobody should be in between you and God. Nobody should be able to cloud your view of who God is. No one should get the worship that you give to God. Only God is worthy of the worship. Woo, Jesus, come on, give him praise there. 
This praise says to God, no God, no human being will come between you and I. Ooh, Jesus, I will dwell with them and walk among them. And I will be their God, only God. Hallelujah. The Ruth covenant. Entreat me not to leave thee. For where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. And your God will be my God. Can we say that? Do we have a true vertical relationship with God that nobody comes between us and our God? No potential performance or potential elevation. No potential uh, uh, position can lure me away from my God. And they shall be my people. Chosen. Partners. Bound and bonded together. In harmony with. In agreement with. They shall be my people. Not sons of Belial. Not sons of Cain. Not descendants of Judas. Not cousins of Ahithophel. Not brothers with Absalom. But my people. Called by my name. Can somebody say amen? amen. And on Wednesday night we talked about the word. The kingdom of God advances through voice activation. I pray that you're beginning to speak the word. In Genesis chapter 1, it demonstrates the power of this creative speech that God has possessed. And he has released it to his children. Confess his word. That you can speak the word of God and you'll see the God, God's will manifested in your life. It's recorded 11 times. And God said. And God said. And God said. I've said it three times. Add another nine to that. Another eight to that. In one chapter. And God said. What is he trying to get to us? He's trying to get us to move from 11 to 12. 11 plus 1. 11 plus you. Equals 12. Which is balanced government. And if you want to see balance in your life, 11 plus 1. God said it 11 times. Can you add 1? And God said. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to tell you you're not welcome in the association anymore if you stand on truth. But you need to be able to say, and God said, or his word said, and I'm going to stand on the word of God. Glory, hallelujah. In Hebrews 4, the word. For the word of God is giving, it's living and active. It's quick and powerful. And it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates deeper. Even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Even to the joints. Not only does it de deal with your emotional and spiritual makeup. But it then goes to the bone and the joint and marrow. And it then discerns the thoughts and intents of your heart. It is able to be a referee 
and to tell you the origin of your thoughts. It can tell you if what you're saying now, get thee behind me, Satan. What do you mean, God? I just gave you a revelation that upon this rock, God gave it to me. Upon this rock, you shall build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Yes, you did, Peter. But now Satan is speaking through you. When you tell me I can't go to the cross and you use your human ability to step in there trying to give what direction to the king of kings from your human side. You need to understand for this reason I came into the earth to give my life as a ransom for many and I will be the first, the firstborn among many brothers. They will come to the grave, through the grave and then out of the grave in resurrection power. Glory to God. So Peter is able to get a revelation in one chapter. And in the next chapter, Satan speaks to him. Only the word can tell you the origin of what's coming out of your mouth. You may think it's okay, but God's word will let you know that had nothing to do with God. You may think it do, but it has no biblical reference at all. And if it doesn't, you shouldn't be saying it. Well, I preach myself happy. Glory to God. It judges the thoughts and intents or attitudes of the heart. Look at this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from his sight. Which simply means there is no place that the word can go. He uses his omniscience to show you the power of his word. That his omniscience, his all-knowing is tied to his all-powerful word. That when it speaks, it has the ability to create. Glory to God. Glory to God. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning God's created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. Waiting for God to say let there be light and there was light. Like the word hovers over your deep waters. Your emotional deep. Emotionally deep waters. It hovers over, waiting for the word of God to come. When the word of God comes, everything in your deep waters of value comes from the depth and it surfaces. And the deep waters that's causing you trouble, he speaks peace to it. Glory to God. Nobody will ever know if you don't get a word in you what's deep inside of you. Only the word can unearth it or cause the axe handle to swim. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm believing and, and decreeing and declaring in the name of the Lord Jesus that there's some weight in you. There is metal in you. There are diamonds on the inside of you. It's too heavy to swim. But because of the word, he's going to unearth it and cause it to come to the surface so everybody can see what God has put on the inside of you. And only the word of God can take you there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then in Proverbs 18 and 21, right there in the message Bible, words kill, words give life. They either poison or fruit. They are either poison or their fruit. You choose. Choose if you're going to speak words that's going to cause life, hallelujah, to be enacted or to come forth to activate life in others. Or you choose if you're going to cause poison, your generation of vipers to send out poison and it hurts everyone that's around you. You make the decision because the life 
is in the power of the tongue. Death is also in the power of your speech. We talked about kingdom ops. The kingdom of God operates by the words of our mouth and the faith that's in our hearts. I don't care where you go in life. You want to get things done? You got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Say it with me. I need to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. Even those of you that are on Facebook Live say it. I need to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. Glory to God. Don't sit there silent. You need to be involved with this message too. Because a silent screen watcher is a defeated screen watcher. But a person that starts writing and speaking right there in your house. Nobody can see you. They won't think you're crazy. When I speak the word, you need to speak the word. And when the Holy Ghost tells you to speak it, let it be done in your house. Let it be done. Hallelujah. On earth as it is in heaven. Come on, give him a praise right here. This is a praise for your future praise, for your future confession. Woo. That's right, lady. You keep praising him. Storms are being turned in Jesus' name. Children are coming back home. Bodies are being healed. Relationships are being restored in Jesus' name. You confess it, the devil can't handle it. When you keep yourself silent, he'll keep moving. But when you speak the word of God, things happen. Our hearts are vital to our walk. Our hearts are vital to our walk with the Lord. The condition of your heart is vital to your walk with the Lord. Check your heart condition. You'll move with God with more efficiency. Your heart, our hearts are vital to our walk with the Lord. The mouth speaks. What's in the heart? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch this. Whatever's in your heart in abundance will come out of your mouth. So pack word in your, house, in your, in your heart. And if you pack word, I guarantee you word will come out. When I was a little boy, my daddy was uh, in the world a cigarette smoker when we first uh, uh, came out of our mother's womb. He was smoking when we came out of our mother's womb, but then around five years old, I was five years old, uh, my father gave his heart to the Lord. And one of the things he did is threw away cigarettes. That's one of the things he did. And I'm glad because I had asthma, I was choking. <laughs> Please don't smoke, daddy. <laughs> but he never hurt me. He never heard me at all. So I'm glad the Holy Ghost taught him. And uh, we were standing uh, in my brother and I was standing in the hallway one day and he was barefoot. You know what barefoot mean, right? He was barefoot, no shoes, no socks on. And he stepped off of a chair in the hallway of our home on, on a, a, a metal spike that was sticking up uh, from the ground in our home. 
And he stepped right on it, just like this here, without looking. And it went all the way from the bottom of his foot to the top of his foot. Now, you know, when things like that happen to you, you may say a few words. I'll do the Flintstone, Flintstone, uh, Fred Flintstone thing. Shakam, shukam, shikam, shukam, right? Something comes out of your mouth if you don't have something packed up in there. Now, you would say, I would never, I would never. You let something go from the bottom of your foot and pike go all the way through the top of it. I saw flesh on the top of it. I was looking at him. I looked at him, looked at it, looked at him. I was waiting for him to say, Rackham, shakam, shakam. You know what he said? Ah, Jesus. Let me say it again. I'm glad my daddy had a relationship with God and packed, not Newports, but packed word in his heart. Because when that thing came to the top of his foot, he said, ah, Jesus. Because I was looking at him and looking at his foot and looking at him and looking at his foot to see what would come from him. And if you pack yourself with word, the next time the enemy hits you with his best shot, you won't say rack'em, shack'em, shack'em. You say, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Jesus, help, help me. Oh, if you don't help me now, something else may come out. That's right, sister. Say it. <laughs> the condition of your heart influences outcome. Write it down. Jesus called the religious set of his day brutal vipers in Matthew 12, verse 34. How can you bring evil, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. He called them brood of vipers. Note that Jesus said that out of the overflow or abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. The condition of your heart is key we speak forth what is in our hearts words will show the condition of your heart you don't have to say i'm not going to use profanity anymore all you gotta do is just pack yourself with word word is so dominant it will kick out cuss it's so powerful it's quick and powerful sharper than any double-edged sword once you get it in there it subdues everything else Thoughts, they won't dominate spot. In other words, thoughts in your mind don't like to be at the bottom. Every thought wants to climb the peak of your, your mental mountain and take top spot, dominant spot. When you put word there, the word will ascend to the top spot and everything else must submit. That's how you renew your mind. You get the word to the top spot. And it's quick and powerful. It will make sure every other thought is subject. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations, 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 and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. You want your thoughts brought into captivity? Put the word in there. It will ascend to top spot. Your association with groups 
your association with societies, your, so your association with words, your association with peoples. Please write it down. Give definition to the condition of your heart. Your association with groups, your associations with societies, your association with networks, your associations with words, your associations with people groups give definition to the condition of your heart. Add the last word there to your heart soil. You mean to tell me birds of the same feathers fought together? That's a good proverb. I can look at the groups that you hang out with outside of church. The societies that you connect with. Who do you tweet? Who do you text? Who do you chat with? I can look at the words, the choice of words that you use. What you view in your private time. It gives definition. To the condition of your heart soil. Write it down. Your associations give voice. It speaks to your destiny. I can look at your choice of people that you hang around and predict maybe 90% where you would be five years from now if you keep hanging out with these people. Because your associations give voice, it speaks to your destiny. Your groups, societies, words, people give definition to the condition of your heart and it speaks to your destiny. And if you want to fuel your destiny with hope, then you need to make sure you connect with the right people. We can talk about activation all, all, all the time. You reap what you sow. But if you associate with wrong people, when you activate, you will activate corruption versus righteousness. The law, is, the law works no matter where you are. So you want to make sure you're in the right company. The word defined here, it gives meaning to a person or thing. It's linked to identity and to distinction. Glory to God. What do you mean? The subject of my message is watch your associations. At the same time, I'm encouraging you to understand that your associations give definition to the condition of your heart. That word definition. It gives meaning to a person or a thing. It's linked to your identity. When I say that your associations give definition. You need to understand definition here. Is it links your association. It's linked to your identity. Even to your distinctive character traits. So if you have nothing in common with a person, why would you marry that person? You know why? Because you can begin to lessen your own distinctive mark 
When you associate with the wrong person, you, if they are stronger than you, you would take on their shape. If you're not built up properly, you would take on their characteristics. And that's what you'll compromise your distinction. When we look at your life print, it, does, it doesn't look the same. You're the identical twin of the person that you are connected with. You start thinking like them, talking like them. I'm preaching good. Glory to God. If you hang out with someone from Europe and you marry someone from Europe, you'll start talking like them and using some of their phrases. Well, we need coffee. We need coffee. You straight up from Mims and you coming to me talking about we need coffee. What? Just say we need coffee. I'm preaching good. Judges chapter 11. Verse 1. Will you watch with me just for about 10 minutes? I say, will you, I'm asking, will you watch with me for about 10 minutes? Those of you that's on Facebook Live, will you watch with me for about 10 minutes? Say, oh yeah, we have in church and we ain't going nowhere. Judges chapter 11, verse 1. It's on the screen. Now Jephthah, the Gilead, the Gileadite. Look at this. Was a valiant warrior. Very positive. But he was the son of a prostitute. Why would the scripture be that distinct? What difference do it make? do it make who his mama was what does that got to do with me or him because he's fearfully and wonderfully made look at the word he was a mighty man valiant but he was the son of a prostitute and Gilead was the father of this mighty man, Jephthah. Gilead, his wife, bore them sons. So it looks like this child was born from a woman before he got married. But the relationship was a prostitute. It's right there in the text. Are we watching the same verse? I asked you to watch with me for, ten, for two hours. No, for ten minutes. His wife bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out. Look at what they said to him. You shall not have inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. For those of you that think there's new stuff under the sun, there's nothing new. There's something in the word for every condition in the human frame. Look at verse 3. So Jephthah fled 
He didn't just walk. He was so hurt, he fled from his younger brothers. They ganged up on him. They spoke to him so harshly he left. He left the region. He fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob or Tob. Look at the next. Look at who he associated with. And worthless fellows gathered themselves around the man. And they went out associated with him. I don't care how mighty you are or how powerful you are. If you don't get your heart healed, you don't get your mind regulated, and you move to your new city. When you settle in the new city, you know what you'll attract? You will attract worthless. The scripture's right there, worthless. No pedigree, no training, no integrity. Nobody teaches them. Nobody taught them. Guess who hangs around you? And you start doing what they do it because you love it. And drinking what they drink because you love it. And smoking what they smoke because you love it. And she got you keyed up because she loves it. You better look at the word right here because many of us are attracting things that we're greater than. The passage starts out by saying he was valiant, a valiant warrior. But the end of verse 3 says worthless people associated with him. Why do our kids leave a house that's healthy and when they go to college, worthless people are hanging out? People who never had parents. People who never had training. That's your friend. If you don't get your heart right, if you don't change your pedigree, because in redemption it don't matter who your mama or daddy was. When you give your heart to Jesus, he gives you a new slate. She could have been a whore. Hallelujah. But when you give your heart to Jesus, he wipes your slate clean. And if you want to sell, save yourself from unholy fellowships and partnerships, give your heart to the Lord. If you read chapter 11, you'll find out when, when the man was drove out, he let, settled in this land. The nation of Israel, the 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 tribes of Israel came to him because he was such a valiant warrior. They said, we had a problem and we need you to lead us in battle. The person that they call worthless. We're not taking it away from you. You're gifted. You just have a mother that was a harlot. But we recognize you're gifted. But they reminded him, but your mama was a prostitute. We need you to lead our armies. The Bible says, read it, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon this man who had all of these bad associations. In the midst of it. And he promised the Lord. He said, Lord, if you give me the enemy, the first thing that runs out of my house, I'm going to sacrifice it back to you.
Sound good, right? I'm going to be like Jacob. I'm going to give you a 20%. I'm going to sacrifice the first thing that runs to me. God gave him the battle. Guess what the first thing that ran to him was? His own daughter. And he cut that girl up and offered her as a sacrifice. Because his bad associations clouded his judgment. Even while he was under the presence of God. This is going to help many of you. Because you think because you're in the church you got it made. If you don't get your heart right and hang around with good people. If you stay isolated you'll think you're okay. You'll think you're okay because you're valiant and you did some wonderful things. You got to expose yourself to the right people. They would tell you that thought is off. You don't say what? what do you, you know you only have one child. What if it was your daughter? You mean to tell me you're going to sacrifice her man? Because you had problems? What if she was the first one to run out? A wise person would have gave him that counsel. But because he was isolated, hurt from his childhood. I ain't never going to let nobody hurt me. Protected his child. I've only got one, but I'm going to protect that from everybody. And you wind up killing them. Because you must expose your weaknesses in associations. If you want to be activated, you got to melt it down. And become open to wise counsel. I bet you he had problems before we see this. Because wicked, unproductive fellows drew close to him at Tob. And whatever's in you will attract the same measure. He may have had a problem with women. He may have had a problem with prostitutes. Just like his daddy. <laughs> I need to move on. Y'all got it? Okay. This is what the Bible says about associations. I'll read this one and I'm out. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company. Mm. Bad company corrupts good morals all the time. You hang around the wrong people, it will corrupt good morals every time. Look at verse 34. Become sober-minded as you ought. And stop what? Sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. You got a good heart, but you're hanging around the wrong people. 
and it will corrupt your good behavior, your good morals. So be sober-minded and stop being led down rabbit trails, doing whatever the, the group is doing. Stop sinning. That's a choice. Look at the word, for some have no knowledge of God. The people that you're associating with, they don't know what you know about God. You have no excuse. You've been trained. You know. But because you hang around with the wrong people, you'll wind up doing things you shouldn't do. And I speak this to your shame. Ah. Bad conditions corrupt good behaviors all the time. It will affect your peak performance. In other words, you should be getting A's. Young men start watching pornography, their grades always go down. You see the grades go down? Check their history. They smart now, they'll clear the history. I know men, I'm telling you right now, Young men taking the shirt off, walking around, don't want to speak, looking at women straight in the eyes, and they're young, straight in the eyes. <laughs> Girls looking at men straight in the eyes. Innocence can be taken away. And you think because you're protecting them from physical harm, it's okay. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Last passage, Job 1, 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to persist, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. So Satan can hang out with sons of God? I want you to think about how that reads. Satan goes to church? Satan gathers with the men's ministry? Satan gathers with people who have order and structure and fathers. Satan gathers with girls who have a mother and a father. With sons and daughters. Yes, that's where he wants to hang out. That's where he wants to fish. He seeks to mingle with sons of God. He seeks to pervert the line. Anybody that understands monarchs understood that before the Middle Ages and modern era, any king would make sure, like king of Babylon, he made sure Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were eunuchs. He cut off their ability to create or procreate. Because he didn't want them, if they had an intimate encounter with anybody in his line, they could not produce a child. Satan is the same way. He wants to have a scepter over your life. First thing he does is to cut off the ability of your son and daughter to procreate what's right. You can hang out, but you'll never recreate yourself. You'll never be able to witness. You'll never be able to share the goodness of the Lord. That's what he's after. To stop the testimony of sons. He seeks to mingle with the sons of God. Disembodied spirits crave this. 
Like you crave chitlins and you crave macaroni and cheese and you crave fried chicken and crave the best type of fish and crave barbecue and crave the things that you like. Disembodied spirits crave a house to live in. They don't want a raggedy house. They want to spoil that. They, they could care less about a raggedy house. They want to spoil a clean one. Does that make sense? Robbers don't seek to go to the dump to steal. They look at a neighborhood and say, well, okay, I can see the way you drive, the way you move, how y'all flow. I can take something out of there. They approach the covenant connections of the sons. Disembodied spirits visit your associations to pervert them. They know that the kingdom comes through a relationship. And if they can pervert the line, you won't speak anymore. Can stop the flow of the kingdom there. Ah, Jesus, help me. When I started getting into this, I'm coming back at 11 o'clock. It blew my mind with John, uh, um, Jetha, Jetha, Jephthah out of uh, uh, Judges chapter 11. I read through the Bible many times, but it illuminated this time. How can you be called mighty and valiant and then unproductive fellows associate with you and you're comfortable with it? You settle there. You can be so hurt and so discombobulated, not liking your pedigree, or the way things are, you start associating with people that's not even in your league. Thank you, Lord. It's to show all of us, just because you're in the house of God don't mean you're safe. You got to guard your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for the destiny of the people of God. Father, why would you show me this? Why would you have me to highlight it? There must be a target. There must be a scheme from the enemy. There must be a plan and arrangement of the enemy. To take out sons and daughters. Not only our children, but many of us are your sons and daughters. The enemy wants to take us out. So, Father, I pray now that you would steal the hand of the avenger. Your word declares if we catch the thief. While in action, he must pay sevenfold. I decree and declare that the thief is caught today. His plan has been spoiled. Through our relationships and associations, life can come or death can come. So steal the hand of the evil one. And let the mighty hand, the right hand of the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reach into this union, into our covenant relationships. And I pray now that you would strengthen the vital line. The relationship with father and son, and mother and daughters, and fathers and daughters, and mothers and sons. Not only in the natural, but in the spirit. 
I see the enemy moving from house to house seeking for a good house to destroy. Going from church to church looking for churches that are in order to disrupt, disrupt the flow. Thank you, Jesus, for covering Truth Reveal and its international ministries and outreach. And every pastor and leader who may be connected right now and their ministry. Protect the lead and the follower. The leader, the leader of leaders and the leader of teams. And let those vital relationships remain strong. Let us not become comfortable with just being in the house or in the proximity of the anointing. Redeem us. Help us to change the way we think. Save us from our bad pedigrees. I decree and declare that the spirit of our fathers would not rest upon us. The negative spirit of our mothers would not be transferred to this generation. Only that which God builds. Purify the line in the name of the Lord. Give us access to the king's agenda. Stretch forth your scepter over every life under the sound of my voice. And let life come. Let your word, when it's released over the people, let it cause the axe head to swim. Let it call precious stones to come from the depth diamonds and gold and oil to surface and let your people prosper and we will give you the glory and the praise in jesus name amen amen hallelujah it has been a real joy to share the word of god with you a special thank you to those who care for this ministry no amount of financial support is too small it is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.